Breyer and move the mission. Um, it looks like he's actually going to break the all-time United Pentecostal Church record for the entire nation, which is quite incredible, over $20,000 raised. And uh, I think it's incredible. And those of you who have contributed to that, thank you on behalf of them. Um, familiar, familiar scriptures. Something kind of on my mind's heart this week. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto them also that love his appearing. Amen. I felt his appearing. I felt him in service. I felt him in prayer. I felt him in odd places before. And every time I've always loved what I felt. And I am anticipating the appearing of God, our Lord and Savior. We call him Jesus because that's who he is. Jesus, I'm asking you to bless today. And it's good to touch our lives, our hearts. Those of us who's assembled and gathered here today, we're not here by accident. We're here on purpose. I know that those who come on a midweek service are those who, um, Lord, they're, they're dedicated, and I'm thankful for that. And I just ask you to bless us, God, our heart or so, everyone that's here. In Jesus' name, church, say amen. My wife... She calls it comfort food. Anybody got a comfort food? You know, a long day, especially on cold winter days, it's hard to imagine that being this has been a long, hot summer day. But on them long, cold winter days, it's been many times we come in and she's like, I just want some kind of comfort food. You know, something that you get home, you can get your plate, you can get your bowl, whatever your comfort food may be. You go sit in your chair, you eat, and you just go, <laughs> just sit there. Just soak up whatever it may be. Can I get an amen to that? Now today, that might be a large ice cream from Dairy Queen, or it might be a... Um, Blizzard or whatever flavor you like from from your local ice cream store and either just chilling out on the float in the pool or in the backyard in your chair somewhere. But every one of us, we've got that place. It's your comfort. It's your, it's your comfort zone. You've got that food. When you're just wanting comfort, it's like, if I can just eat that, that makes me comfortable. That's my spot. Got that song. You hear that, first, that certain song, you know. It just brings a comfort to your spirit, a comfort to your soul. Maybe it's that activity. Maybe for you it's that long stroll, that walk, or, or maybe it's that, that drive, or maybe it's that certain 
stump or rock or that place you go and you you go to it's a place of relaxation it's a place of comfort you go there and you you're comfortable there it's a place you've been many times it's a feeling that you felt many times what is it's what's known as they call it the comfort zone and tonight that is going to be the message my title that I want to talk about for a few moments tonight is just simply the comfort zone. The picture behind me may look strange, but I'll make it make sense before it's over. I hope to anyway. So, what does it take to get comfortable? You know how it is when you're a kid, or maybe even an adult, you spend the night with somebody, and you just had trouble sleeping that night. It wasn't your bed. Um, I've been to them hotel rooms and places that man it just didn't feel comfortable you ever go somewhere and spend the night and you you wake up the next morning and you just feel like you're home the bed was comfortable everything it just it just give you this this sense that hey I, I'm in my house and then you realize you wake up and notice the surroundings around you and you realize no I'm not in my house but something about that setting just got you comfortable and you felt like uh, that you're, you're okay because you're in your comfort zone. You're in your comfortable spot. I remember when we uh, left Gum Street and we came to here, and I'd heard that, I've heard, heard how it's happened many times, that it took a little while to get comfortable in the new church because we had our spots at the little storefront that we'd go to, and you know how it is. We're, we're here. We do the same thing. We got usually our go-to spots we go to, and we, uh, or we have a certain seats that we sit in. We got a certain spots that we pray in. Even, even when I go back to the home church, Star Bethlehem, even though it's been 15 years since we attended there regular, there, if I ever go there and there's a prayer prayer service or prayer call or whatever, I, I have my certain spots I still remember going to, and I find myself going to them same spots because I'm, it's that familiar place. I'm comfortable there. And, and that's what it takes to find that place of comfort. Is It's a place that we become familiar, we become familiar with it. It's a familiar thing. It's a familiar place. And, and that's why a lot of times you'll notice musicians, they will not bring uh, song leaders. They won't come in and sing four or five new songs in one night. Matter of fact, they, they don't even hardly introduce uh, four or five songs in a month. They'll bring in new songs every once in a while because you can watch it. When a new song is sung that people doesn't know or they're not familiar with, people are just kind of sitting back and watching trying to figure the song out. They don't know the lyrics. They don't know the words. They're not comfortable with singing it. So therefore, it brings this place kind of discomfort to them. And, and it, matter of fact, you even see a preacher, somebody you've never heard preach before, get behind the pulpit. And uh, everybody just kind of just kind of settle a little bit like, I don't know who he is. He don't know who I am. And, and you're kind of un, uncomfortable with them. So uh, it's real kind of makes it weird to get comfortable with that place and and to, in order to be to have that place of comfort it has to be a familiar place to us a familiar setting and that's what brings comfort that's why we like our home we can go in there you've got your cheer fixed this that spot you got that indention in in your seat from your backside it's just been barren there where you've sat there so much and it's comfortable it fits you 
And this is just how it is. To get comfortable with something, it has to be something that we are familiar with. And that is our comfort zone. And that's a good thing. I like to have a place that I can feel like I'm comfortable. We want people to come to our church and feel comfortable in our church. Feel like people like them. Feel like people, uh, that's a place that you can go and feel like it's a part, like you're home. We want people to feel that way. And how, how are we going to do that? When people come through the door, we're going to love them. We're going to treat them right. We're going to make them uh, feel like you've been a part of the family for all your life, you know. That, that is our goal. We do, we do want that. But tonight, I'm, I'm on a different, a different go in talking about this comfort zone. I believe it's important that we have a place that we're comfortable. I believe it's important that uh, I've heard it said, and I believe it. If you can't tell me when and where you pray, you probably don't have a good prayer life. We need to have a place that we can go and we're comfortable with praying. We need to have a place that we know and we, we can go there and we can pray and we can study the Word. I believe that is very, very important. I, I'm, I'm, I think it's a good, important thing that we can come in here and we can feel comfortable with certain spots in prayer. Certain preachers coming in that we are comfortable with them. We've heard them preach and uh, we, we know their ministry and we're comfortable with them. But tonight I, I want to push us out of our comfort zone. Not those comfort zones, but some other places in our life. Because how many times have you come home needing to accomplish something at your house? The yard needed to be mowed. The garbage needed to be taken out. Something needed to be done at your house. But when we got home, we got that comfort food. We got in our comfy cheer. We got in our comfy little spot. And the next thing you know, we became so comfortable that we never moved out of the comfort zone. And the grass didn't get mowed. And the garbage didn't get taken out. And you didn't study for that Sunday school lesson or that sermon like you planned on it. You didn't, you didn't reach out to that person like you was planning on reaching out to that person. I believe we need those comfort zones and places that we can retreat to and we can get some rest and relaxation, but we cannot accomplish what needs to be accomplished in the kingdom if we stay comfortable always. And I'm calling us out of that comfort zone tonight. Because I'll be honest with you, we got several, we got we got more coming on Thursday nights than we had uh, two months ago, or maybe even three months, two months ago. It's probably a good amount of time there. Two months ago, but I'm still don't want to be comfortable with empty seats on Thursday nights. I don't want to be comfortable with the fact that we've seen one baptized that was showed up here Sunday and somebody else, uh, another one was baptized this Monday. I don't want to be comfortable with just two being baptized. I, there's still people that need to be baptized. I, I don't want to be comfortable. Okay, we've, we've had that. Now we can relax. We, we finally got somebody baptized and, and let's just settle back in the chair. It's okay right now. Let's, uh, let's eat some comfort food as pastor preaches or we go on a youth week. Let's enjoy that. No, I don't want to get comfortable in that. I think we need to push out of that place. We need to get out 
of that comfort zone because there's work to be done. There's fields that need to be plowed. There's plants that need to be picked, praise God. There's a harvest out here that we need to get hold of. We need to do something to get ourselves out of that comfort because real growth does not come from being comfortable. man by the name of Brian Tracy. He's got a really good book, short book. You need to read it. He's got an audio book. You need to listen to it. It's called How to Eat, How to Eat a Frog. I think that's what it is. It's a good book. I promise you. But Brian Tracy said this. He said, move out of your comfort zone. You can only grow if you're willing to feel awkward, uncomfortable when you try something new. It's hard to grow if you're comfortable. It's hard to go move somewhere else if you're comfortable. As long as you're comfortable. You know how it is. You've been sitting in that chair or sitting in that spot. Somebody says, hey, won't you come do this and go get that? Oh, but I'm so comfortable right now. Come on, you know you've said it. You know you've said it. Dale Carnegie said, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit at home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Amen. Amen. We need to get busy. Which one? That one? Dale Carnegie? Inaction breeds doubt and fear. I can I'll text it to you later. You want me to? <laughs> Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds uh, confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go out. Get busy. Dale Carnegie. He got a great book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You need to read it. Lights, plus linear. I guess is how you say that. I got, we're, we're in a motivational conference tonight, okay? Because I want to push you out. I want to push myself from where we are. Amen. We've gotten comfortable with lackluster numbers. Two people being baptized in the name of Jesus. And nobody being filled with the Holy Ghost yet this year. We got to get out of that. We've relaxed. It's easy to sit back and complain about the grass being mowed. But as long as we sit in the seat in that comfortable spot and never get out of it, we're never going to do anything about it. Lights spoke, folks, uh, Linear said, You have to be uncomfortable in order to be successful in some ways. If you stay in your comfort zone, you will never do the things that you need to do. We can't stay in the comfort zone. Amen. Yeah. I, I had this theology. We've got a few kids here today. And I wish you'd hear me. I had, we, I had this theology in school. Why use 100% of my brain when I can use and get A's when I can use 80 and make C's and pass? That was stupid on my part. I got a good job. But I could be set today if I'd used... Uh, a little bit more effort in my life and not just been comfortable doing whatever at home and decided to put myself to the task and learn some more, hallelujah, and push myself out a little farther, praise God. Ray Lewis said, before anything great is really achieved, your comfort zone must be disturbed. I'm trying to disturb our comfort zone tonight. 
I'm trying to shake and rattle our bushes tonight, our, our bed. I'm trying to poke, get the springs to poke up in your backside, in your comfort seat, and get us up. I want to disturb our comfort zone and help us to realize Jesus is coming back. People are dying and going to hell. We got empty seats. There's people that need to be baptized in his name. And people that need the Holy Ghost. Yeah. We can't be comfortable. I got several quotes. I have a few things to say tonight. I don't have no idea how to say this name, so I'm going to spell it for you. M-A-N-O-J. Anybody? A-R-O-R-A. That's the name. I don't know what it's man, woman. I have no idea. But good quote. Coming out of your comfort zone is tough in the beginning, chaotic in the middle, and awesome in the end. Because in the end, it shows you a whole new world. There's a whole new world out here. There's a, whole, there's a whole world out here of people in Marion, Kentucky and surrounding areas that have not been baptized in Jesus' name. They have not been filled with the Holy Ghost. They have not felt the love of God wrap His arms around them like you and I have here tonight. Oh, we had some good church and we enjoyed some worship tonight, but there's a drug addict out there in a drug house somewhere that needs us to give them a Bible study. That needs, oh, I'm not comfortable with teaching a Bible study. That's why you're stuck in a rut we are. Gotta get out of that and be uncomfortable and look into somebody his face is addicted and drugs and alcohol and other, all this other stuff and get a Bible out and teach him a Bible study. Yeah. Heard brother, uh, um, oh, what's his name in Kansas? Bible study guy. Help me out. Cornwell. Brother Mario Cornwell. I heard him talking about going in and sliding the beer bottles across and the ashtrays across and setting the Bible chart up in the middle of it while, while the, the smoke-filled alcohol smelled a house and just teaching them Bible studies. We need that. That sounds uncomfortable. Yes, it does. Hallelujah. It sounds uncomfortable. But let me tell you what's really going to be uncomfortable. It's somebody burning in hell and us knowing we could have done something about it. Yeah. Bible studies are scary. Knocking doors are scary. Walking up to people we don't know and inviting them to church is scary. But we got to get out of our comfort zone. Amen. Eleanor Roosevelt said, do one thing every day that scares you. Amen. One thing that scares us. Why? Get us out of that comfort yeah, I, sometimes I need to go home. I just, I'm so tired. I need to go home, get in my chair, go, that's, You know what that's called? It's a whole other sermon. It's called a Sabbath day. Every one of us needs a Sabbath day. You need to learn how to rest. Okay, that's a whole other sermon. We'll talk about it sometime. But, but right now, I'm not talking about I'm talking about them other six days. When we get busy. We need, we need to do something. Job said it well in Job 16, 12. I was at ease, but he hath broken me sunder. He hath also taken me by the neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. I'm telling you what, Job definitely seen that. Everything, he was a, a righteous, upright man, had to uh, look like everything going together, everything perfect. And all of a sudden God said, okay, let me shake up your world. Sometimes we wonder, why is everything coming against me? Why is everything falling apart in my world? Maybe it's the Lord trying to get you out of that spot you are and get you uncomfortable so you'll move out of that spot. 
It said that Mama Eagle, after a little while, when them little eaglets are time for them to fly, she'll start going there and pulling out all the comfortable parts of the nest till, till finally they're so uncomfortable with a stick sticking them that they'll get out of that nest and try to fly. And if it gets to the point they won't get out of it, she'll even kick them out of the nest and let them fall. But don't worry about it. You won't hit the ground because before you hit it, Mama's going to sweep in under you and pick you up if you can't fly on your own. We've got to get out of this comfort zone. I believe that Jesus is, is shaking the church in this crazy time that we're living in. I don't know about you, but I was hoping and thinking we was beyond COVID and everything was going to be better. But it looks like in Kentucky, it's worse than it's ever been. There's more people in the hospital. Why is it? I think God is still trying to shake the church because we didn't figure it out in 2020. And He's trying to say, okay, let's try 2021. Let's get you shook up. And we need people in the house of God. You're comfortable. You've got it all together. But I'm telling you, it's time to get out of our comfort zone. Get out of that spot, praise God, because Jesus is rattling our cage trying to get us to realize He's coming back. I know it's uncomfortable. But Jesus has been trying his best to get you to talk to that co-worker. He's been trying his best to get you to talk to that, that, uh, 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 that, that person in school with you. He's been trying his best to get you to talk to that neighbor about Jesus or that, one, that house that every time you drive by, you look at it and you think, oh my goodness, or you see them outside and you think, oh, I need to invite them to church. I need to talk to them about a Bible study. I know you're feeling that, but I want to tell you, don't be like I was back in 1994 uh, uh, when I was feeling that, uh, I wasn't even preaching yet, and I was feeling that un- comfortableness of, of talking to my to my friend and uh, that I co the co-worker that I had I felt like talking to him over and over and over and kept pushing it off and pushing it off till finally one day my foreman called me and told me said hey and he got he, he got killed you see I know everybody makes their own decisions But what if I could have made a difference? What if I could have got out of that comfortable place, walked over and talked to him about Jesus the many times that I felt it? Amos said, Amos 6 and 1, Woe to them that are ease in Zion and trust in the mountains of Samaria, which are named chief in the nations to whom the house of Israel came. It's, it's easy for us to get eased in Zion. That's that's a type. Zion is a type of the church. It's easy for us to get comfortable in church, just having good church. And I want to have good church. I want us to worship. I want us to magnify God. I want us to run the aisles, roll, roll on the floor. I want all that in the house of God. But my goodness, what good is it if, if we just only experience that and we never get out of the house of God and we never share it with anybody else and we, we, we never share the gospel or, or uh, let me just go further now. What good is it to read? I've read the Bible through 20 times. I'm on my 21st time reading through it. I've listened through it tw- uh, one time already this year and before this year's over probably going to be listening to it another time what good is that all that word to be put in my heart if I don't share it with anybody what good is it to 
have time reading the, uh, and praying and seeking God and getting to know the Lord. And I don't let anybody else know that I know the Lord and share with him what I know about Jesus. Hallelujah. We got this, vac- this, uh, uh, we got this uh, virus going on right now. No matter what your opinion about the vaccine is. But let me tell you what. If it really does work, what good would it do for them to hoard it up and not give it to anybody that might save somebody from being, uh, and I'm not being political here, I'm just using an example here, whatever. What good is it if we had a cure for cancer if somebody just heals their family and nobody else, praise God. We need to get uncomfortable, praise God, in our comfortable spot that'll get us out of where we are and go on and do more for God. Amen. You skinny people, you're, you're not going to understand this, so. But us people who struggle with weight. You know how I usually know when it's time to lose weight? When my britches get uncomfortable. And we try, we try, you know. Oh, yeah, it's okay. I got it, button. Maybe I can feel comfortable in that today. So what we're doing, right? We're squeezing it into it. God's bursting the seams in our life saying, I want you to go out of this. I want you to grow. I want you to grow. It may not look like it, but I've done a bunch of weightlifting when I was younger, and I promise you, you, you hear the saying, do it till it burns. You know why you do it till it burns? Because if it never becomes uncomfortable in weightlifting, you're never going to gain any, uh, any muscle. You only start gaining the muscle when it starts burning. And after you've done uh, uh, three sets, three reps of, of, uh, three reps of 10 uh, bench presses at whatever, maybe 150 pounds, once you get to doing them three reps, uh, them 10 reps three times a day or whatever, when that stops burning, you know it's time to put more weight on it. Because you've become comfortable with it and it's not going to give you no more strength. So you throw another 5 or 10 pounds on it. And when that starts burning, then you add more weight to it. And you add more weight to it. And this is what God wants us to do in the church, praise God. He wants us to get out of that place, out of our comfort zone. And when we've successfully read through our Bible in a year, maybe God says, now then, I'd like you to read through it twice. And we've read through it uh, twice in a year. Maybe God said, okay, now I'd like you to read through it uh, in 90 days so you can read the Bible through four times in a year and after we've done that God said well maybe then now then you're, you're doing good at reading it maybe you need to read a chapter and write about that chapter so it'll really get in your heart and once we really get in there God says okay you've done all that you just sit down and you're good right no. no he said now then take all that word that I put in your heart praise God that you might not sin against me and show somebody else how they might not sin against me we become comfortable and we've got to get out of the comfort zone. Yeah. My goal is to make us feel uncomfortable tonight. Say, Pastor, you're making me feel uncomfortable. Good, I'm trying. Yeah. Listen to, uh, um, brother, there's a podcast, excellent podcast. I don't remember the name of it, but it's Brother Larry Booker out of California. He's going back and telling about, uh, it's a three-part lesson, or Three-part talk, basically, about the heritage of Pentecostal, the Pentecostal heritage. He's talking about the Urzi Azusa Street, even before that in the late 1800s. I'm on the second one, and uh, he's talking about one of the preachers. I, I don't, I think, I don't know which preacher it is. I won't quote who it was. But he, he got the revelation that we need the Holy Ghost. 
We need the Holy Ghost for speaking in tongues. And, and we, he got that revelation. You need that. And he didn't have it. So he'd get up and he'd preach to the congregation about how if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you're not going to make heaven your home. And he doesn't have it. But he got the revelation. And he knew it would be uncomfortable preaching. But he knew if I don't get up and preach it in an uncomfortable position, knowing that if I don't have it, but he preached it anyway. And we got to be willing sometimes to, just to step out of our comfort zone and just share it with somebody. And, and even though we may not have it all together ourselves, be willing to, to be honest with somebody and say, I've not got it all figured out, but I know this is what it says. And I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with where I'm living, but I'm uncomfortable with where you are too. Got to get out of our comfort zone. And hell fights us. But sometimes it's not hell. Sometimes God removes the hedge. Just to let hell fight us. To get us out of the muck and the mire that we're stuck in. That we leave that comfortable spot. Jeremiah 48 and 11 says, Moab had been at ease from his youth. He hath settled on his lees and hath not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Neither hath he gone into captivity. Therefore, his taste remained in him and his scent is not changed. We got the same taste for the same thing and we got the same smell because we're in the same area. We need to get a different taste for some things. We need to learn and realize that you may not be from, like me, you may not be from Marion, but they got a different culture here than for where I'm at. And I've got to learn, praise God, what their culture is. And, and I've got to also uh, 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 be willing to, to uh, uh, embrace some of their culture without compromising the Word of God. Hallelujah. And, and realizing, you know what? I, got, I need to walk in in the uncomfortable places, praise God. And you might, I might you know, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but but you know what? They're, they're, I might not be a redneck, and somebody might be, but I might be willing, praise God, to walk in a situation and learn a little bit about a redneck stuff. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. What Paul say? Am I no? I became all things to all men. To all men. Then I might win what? Some. Let's go to the library. Let's learn the history of Marion. Surrounding area. Learn, learn some things. That it's a little uncomfortable studying about it. Learn some culture about, about this area where we can not feel like a, a sore thumb sticking around some places and, and we can uh, not, not compromise but fit in enough that we can be uncomfortable to get comfortable with somebody and help see them saved. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 32, 9 through 11 says, Rise up, rise up, you women that are at ease. Hear my voice, you careless daughters. Give ear unto my speech. Many days and years shall you be troubled, you careless women, for the vintage shall fail. The gathering shall not come. Tremble, you women that are in ease. Be troubled, you careless ones. Strip you and make you bare. Gird sackcloth upon your loins. What's he saying? He's saying, look, you're, you've been at ease. 
You've been careless. But give ear to my speech. He's saying, come on. Strip yourself. Make yourself bare. Put sackcloth and ashes on yourself. What does he say? Get yourself in a place that you're uncomfortable. That you can get, grow in the place that we need to be. What was it in the story of Luke chapter 12? I won't read it all. It's Luke 12, 16 through 21 for those who write this stuff down. He, he talked about a parable of a, a guy who, who he, his, he brought in plenty and we know the story, right? He said, What's, what am I going to do with all this stuff I've got? I'm, I know I'll just tear down my barns and build greater and, and I'll put my fruits and goods in there. And, and verse 19 of it says, And I will say to my soul, So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease and drink and be merry. God said, Thou fool this night. Your soul should be required. God's trying to shake us up. He's trying to shake us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Now, now let, me, let me just go there, okay? I know. It's easy to zone out in a game on your phone. It's zone out in certain things. And we get comfortable in them places. And, and it's okay to do some of that stuff in some moderation. But let me tell you what. When we get so we're more comfortable playing games and more comfortable with binge watching and more comfortable in all these other spots and doing these things than going out and doing the work of God. Mark Barnett said, I will guarantee you that the day you step outside your comfort zone by making success your go is the day you discover that adversity, risk, and daring will make life sweeter than you ever imagined. I tell you, I found, I found a bunch of quotes on, on getting out of her comfort zone. I want to share some of them, but they're so good. I wanted to share them all. It was 50 of them, but I, I couldn't get them all down. I, I got a lot of them, but uh, another one of the names, I'll probably botch it, but it's the Havel Gadar said, the only thing that is stopping you from where you are to where you want to go is your comfort zone. We all got that place we want to be in God. We all got that place that we want to go to. But comfort, that comfort zone has got us stuck there. I'll never forget hearing Elder G.A. Mangan one time saying, all these young preachers getting out saying they want to have, uh, be an evangelist and start these revivals, is it just takes one good fast. I mean, he fasted for seven days behind a piano with no food or water. But here's the thing. We are a generation that strive to be comfortable. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a dozen times this week. Man, it's hot. And I've said it a few times. And I'm thinking right now, it feels hot in here, but I bet you it's at least 75 back there. I know it's been hot outside, it's harder to keep it cool in here, but we want to complain about it. But our, our ones that brought this thing in 100 years ago was in brush arbors out there with bugs and gnats and mosquitoes and all that stuff, and we can't worship God in this comfortable spot. Amen. Modern time, we don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like pain. I don't like pain. None of us like to have pain. Pastor Philip Harrelson of Dothan, Alabama, uh, 
who was once in the medical field. He preached Kentucky camp meeting five or six years ago. An excellent three days that he talked about praying and the impact of the Word of God in our life. He said this in the midst of one of his sermons that I listened to. I've listened to him multiple times. But this actually rattled my, my, my world and made me think about where we are. He said this, we don't like to cry, so we take medicine to keep us from crying. And he said, I wonder if that's the reason we are lacking in intercessor prayer warriors in our time. Because people have sedated their, their tears because it makes them uncomfortable to cry. And you can't be an intercessor without crying. Understand, there are medical reasons that we do need that stuff in, in some people's life. But I think it has been taken to an extreme where we just write a pill, write, an, uh, write a prescription for some of this stuff to because we're uncomfortable. When God may be just wanting us to go somewhere and pray for a missionary somewhere and travail and tears and cry, not even knowing who it is, not even knowing what it's for. Hallelujah. Again, here's that one lady, uh, man lady, I don't know who it is, M-A-N-J-O. A-R-O-R-A. -R -R -A. I, I was going to YouTube her name. I didn't do it. I'm sorry. But, she, but they say comfort is your biggest trap. And coming out of your comfort zone is your biggest challenge. But if we'll let him, God will use us in our uncomfortable places. Matter of fact, if we're in an uncomfortable place, we're there for a reason. Either God has placed us there or He's allowed us to be there. And God's not a waster. Amen. Because whatever we go through in life, especially those that we're uncomfortable with, are meant for us to grow. Right. Brother Texas stood here that first Thursday night after his mom and sister passed away. And he said something about the grief, how it was meant for us to grow. It's powerful. If you've never read the story of Corey Ten Boom, you've never read her book, The Hiding Place, I recommend everybody to read it. And nowadays, those who don't like to read, you can get a subscription to Audible real cheap. You can listen to a lot of these stuff while you're doing things. This is, I actually listened to this one. She tells a story of her and her sister Betsy in the book, The Hiding Place. Betsy and Corey were locked up in a Jewish concentration camp with very little food. It was freezing cold. It was Germany, really cold. Winters was very cold. The German soldiers were very mean and often very abusive to the women. But Corey tells the story of the fleas. If you've ever read the story, uh, if you haven't, I, again, I encourage you to read it. It's a powerful, powerful story. But the fleas had infested the dorm where her and si her sister Betsy was staying at. The flea infestation was so terrible. They had sores and they itched, and it was so bad. Corey and Betsy started praying, God, please, heal these fleas. She tells how they earnestly prayed and prayed for the fleas to leave them alone, but they didn't. Later, Corey and Betsy found out that God was actually protecting them through this flea infestation. 
God actually in this uncomfortable state of their life was preserving their lives. Preserving them from even more damage that they were going through because the German soldiers were going into the other dorms and they were just taking free usage of all the other women in the other cells and doing whatever they wanted to do with them. But they had heard about the flea infestation in the dorm that Corey and Betsy was in. And they wouldn't go inside of that one. They wouldn't go near that one. Only unless they had to. And while the fleas were so bad, it was better than being used by the men that was using and abusing the other ones. And a lot of times in our uncomfortable places that we are, we think, God, why am I going through this? Joseph, why am I going through this, God? Why am I going through this place that I'm going through? Joseph, you keep the right attitude. You praise your way through it. And you go through it anyway. Because though you may be uncomfortable in Potiphar's jail cell. Or Potiphar's house. And now in the jail cell. Though you may be uncomfortable from this place that you are. I'm doing something great in your uncomfortable place. And we've got to learn how to grow through the uncomfortable spots in our life. Proverbs 18 and 9 says, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. We can't get so comfortable that we become slothful. I have found the times, I've been, I've been a machinist for 30 years in, my, in my, uh, uh, my trade outside of here. I've been a machinist for 30 years. And every time, Sister Janet, I got to the place where I felt like I'm one of the best machinists there is. I'm doing so good is when I mess up. Every time I felt like I got comfortable, I got this all figured out, everything's all right, that's when I scrap a great big thousands and thousands of dollar part. Because that's what comfort does. And getting out of our comfort zone, it's going to take some work, folks. It's not something that's going to come easy because we enjoy sitting in the chair. We enjoy the comforts of that comfort food, whatever it is, that, that comfortable food fan blowing on us or that fireplace beside of us whatever we don't want a fireplace right now but like brother david said in january we will we want that fireplace and eat some chicken and dumplings or our chili or soup or whatever it is or right now ice cream max dupree says we cannot become what we want to be by remaining where we are let me say that again and i'm about to be done we cannot become what we want to be by remaining what we are. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience. I'll read a story. About to bring this to a close today. Church, God has got great things for us. I promise you, He's got great things for every one of us. But we cannot be so comfortable in our spot because we cannot grow to where God wants us to be. 
There's so many places I could go with all this. We can't get comfortable and complacent that we feel like, oh yeah, I'm the most spiritual person in the world. I, I don't never need an altar. I want to tell you what, I'm going to go pray every chance I can get. Even if it's, I heard somebody say it like this, even if it's not for me right now, it may be someday. Amen. I think it's he of that said that. What you see behind me in this picture is what is known at one time as Comfort Bay. Sounds like a good place and looks like a good place to be on vacation. The name gives us images of what you see up there. The turquoise water, the beautiful shores. Actually, along the sides of that is volcanic rock. No doubt where this small island come up out of the ocean. Is a bay on Ascension Island in South Atlantic. It's in between the continents of Africa and South America. Ascension Island is actually home to nobody. It's desolate. It's an isolated area. It's said that it was discovered 500 years ago by the Portuguese explorers. This island was known mostly to nobody for so long. But they found it to be a refuge. It said that once that Captain Cook stopped there, many people, others, stayed there because of the beautiful scenery that it had. Ascension Island is a barren place. It's a place that NASA the test site for the lunar rover. But to the ancient sailors, this island was a refuge. When their ship sailed into the, the primary bay that you see behind me, they found it to be a safe harbor. And maybe that's why they called it Comfort Bay, a place to rest. Much of the crew, the HMS Bonatna, I'm not sure I'm not saying that exactly right. I remember preaching about them before. They remained on this island because they stayed on this in this bay a little too long. And they got struck with yellow fever. And they never left the bay alive. They were buried on the shores that you see behind me in the picture. Bay. I'm reading out of a book of Brother Ken Gurley's called The Midnight Train. I've originally seen this story several years ago in this book. I, I come back to me this week. I begin to think about it. Where we are in this world right now, we've become so comfortable. But this Comfort Bay 
became a place that bring ships in this bay of those that was had yellow fever and they would just leave the ships in the bay until they died it was so bad and they would bury them on the shores if you look it up you can't find it as comfort bay because its name was changed and now then it's no longer called comfort bay but it's called comfortless cove How many times have we sunk into that place that we're comfortable? Before we know, you know, brought comfort for my hot day to sit in that chair under the air conditioner. Felt comfortable sitting in that chair. The heat on you in the wintertime. And then you got to that spot that you begin to let life pass you by. An unknown person said a ship in a harbor is safe. But that's not what a ship is built for. We weren't built to take and just park in the harbor like this. Get comfortable. Jesus said in Luke 9 23 he said if any man will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me and whosoever shall save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake the same shall save it for what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself as a castaway fever kind of ironic that they got yellow fever because it feels like a lot of our churches got yellow fever right now turn yellow we're running from our responsibility of the gospel but the guy who wrote in his book a little bit farther in this this chapter he entitled leaving, leaving Comfort Bay he wrote he said are we apostolic or apathetic are we Philadelphia or Laodicea are we the church on fire or the first church of the Frigidaire he goes on to write steer yourself wake yourself arise take back your prayer life Dust off your Bible. All those rusty hinges of your heart. Loosen your hold on the purse strings. Get back into the saddle. There's a job to be done. And apathetic people have never had revival. Oh, we got to reach out for God. We've got to reach out for the unknown out there. We got to get out of this comfortable place. Hallelujah. We got to set our sails once again and begin to sail these seas. Praise God. God didn't design us to get stuck in the bay, He designed us to sail on them seas out there. 
Amen. He designed us to get out there and work for the kingdom. That's why my text tonight I chose. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Can we say that? Are we still fighting the good fight? Are we going to finish our course? Are we going to relax in our comfy chairs? He said, Henceforth, there is laid up to me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day. And not to me only, but all them that love his appearing. We need to get steered. Come on. We need to get steered. said whenever you feel uncomfortable instead of retreating back to your own comfort zone pat yourself on the back and say I must be growing and continue to move forward I close with one last quote tonight from Stan Dale comfort zones are plush line coffins when you stay in your plush line coffin you die Come on, church. You know how churches die? You know how the devil's been trying to kill this church for the last little while? It's us to get comfortable in our uncomfortableness. For us to get comfort, comfortable in the familiarity of feeling God's presence. But not letting it work in our life. Come on, you know how churches and people die? when we get comfortable with a preacher preaching to us every service and never moving out of our seat, never feeling challenged, never feeling like we're going to need to go any farther in the kingdom of God. We get comfortable in those, those comfort zones and those lying coffins, praise God, and we're going to stay there and die. I refuse to die. I don't want to get comfortable. Preacher, preach to me. Preach me out of hell. Preach me to the streets. Preach me to my knees. Preach me to the doors, knocking the people's doors. Teach, preach me to Bible study. Preach conviction in my heart, God. I'll delete games off my phone. I'll delete social media platforms. I'll get rid of Netflix and all these other things. It's taking my time where I'm comfortable and relaxed. Come on, we got to leave our comfort zone. Revival. Revival fires doesn't burn in the comfort zone. Come on, it's when people got uncomfortable. Topeka, Kansas, and begin to seek for the Holy Ghost when revival broke loose and led them all into Azusa Street in California. Come on, hear me. We need some people to get uncomfortable and have some all night prayer meetings. Praise God. Get uncomfortable. Praise God. You know, have a revival full by people praying six and seven hours a day. Oh, God, help us get uncomfortable leave our comfort zone. He is jealous for me.